Thoughts are things. So today, what I wanted to talk about is practice. I call today's message the practice, and、um, and we'll get to how that、uh, came to be, because. Ultimately, I was faced with really having to delve deep into my practice this week, in particular. There's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot of negativity going on in the world. There's a lot that we see in the news that is、uh, challenging, frankly. And、um, where we can resonate and make change is in our own spiritual practice. And when we, when we're really in it, when we're truly in it, when we commit to it, that's what really changes the world. And so. I want to start by telling you a little bit about something that happened to me this week, and it's not related to the immigration issues, although I will mention that a little bit later.、Um, one of the things that happened to me personally this week was I found myself at a moment to be out of integrity. So, what is integrity? Well, the definition of integrity is wholeness, right? It's it's to be whole. To be in integrity is to be whole, and when we are in integrity, then everything that we are experiencing, everything we say, everything we do, is coming from that point of view and from that expression and experience of wholeness. One of the great definitions of integrity, to be in integrity,、um, that I have heard in my life is this: when we are in integrity, we do what we say we are going to do. That is, when we make a commitment, to be true to our commitment is to be in integrity. That is being whole. And the reason that I bring this up is because I had a challenge this week where I had made a commitment. It was a I was gung ho, I was ready to go, and then because of circumstances, I was not able to see that commitment through. And what happened was it was unexpected. It was something that.、Um, Really shook me because I am someone who really, really, truly believes in that definition of integrity—to do what you say you're going to do. And when we, when I was outside of my own self-perception, get that? When I was outside of my own self-perception of what that was, it threw me for a loop. I went into guilt, I went into shame, and I began to spiral down in that emotional state, and really, really started to beat myself up for not doing. What I said I was going to do. So I was out of integrity in that moment. How do I realign myself? How do I get back to that place of integrity? Well, first of all, because my integrity is based on my own self-perception, well, then the work that has to be done ultimately is in my mind. The person that I was supposed to have helped out. That I did not show up for. I contacted them and we had discussion. And、uh, here's the deal: they were fine. Like they literally were like, "Yeah, it's not a big deal. Whatever. It was. It's all worked out. Everything's fine. We worked out whatever we needed to work out." And so, in a way, that was like, "Oh, well, it alleviates me." But here's the thing that I also had to cop to: it is not the responsibility of that other person to make me feel better about me not having done what I need to do. Everything that we experience is an inside job. Every feeling we want to have is an inside job, and so to be in integrity, 
ultimately meant that I had to be okay with not blaming myself or going down that shame spiral or living in a place of guilt around what had not happened. What I was able to do was to step into spiritual practice, recognize that in the moment, all I could do was look forward. All I could do is move forward. All I could do is allow myself to be in the present moment and know that all that unfolded from that moment forth was perfect. Who knows why the circumstances of life got in the way of me being able to do what I said I was going to do. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. What does matter is that I was able to pull it back and be in integrity in my own mind. The other thing that came up for me in this was to not put my feelings of guilt or shame on the other person for them to own. It's not for that other person to own. It's for me to own and for me to do something about it. So as I moved through this experience, I started to think about, well, what is it, this thing called practice, this thing called spiritual practice? It's really about coming to that place of center at all times in every situation. And we have particular tools that we rely on to do that. At least we teach particular tools within the new thought tradition, within religious science, to really come to that place of spiritual practice. So what I want to, I, I, I want to offer this quote of Ralph Waldo Emerson. He wrote this, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. That begs the question, who are we? Who are we? Are we who we think we are? Well, at the end of the day, that's exactly who we are. So if we're thinking positive thoughts, we're going to have a positive experience. We're going to show up as positivity. If we're thinking negative thoughts, then we're going to have negative experiences and show up as negativity. It's all up to us. And it is only our approach that allows us to make shift in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on all around us. I see things happening all around. I see people who are acting, frankly, out of integrity with what I think the most valuable form of integrity is, which is this, to always approach life from love and kindness. I see people all around not living up to that standard, but I don't need to worry about them living up to that standard. I only need to worry about me living up to that standard. So how do I live up to that standard? Ultimately, practice. That's it. I have to keep in practice. How do we know who we are? Through spiritual practice. Through the active engagement of spiritual practice, we come to know, we begin to really know who we are. That's the, that's 99% of what we're here to do. That's 99% of what I'm here to do as a new thought minister is to stand up as an example of this world of someone who has committed themselves to spiritual practice and encourage others through that example to do the same in their own lives because I know that it has worked for me. And ultimately, it doesn't even matter what the, what the form of the spiritual practice is. What matters to me is that we all find what works for us. Now, we have many different versions of spiritual practice that we utilize and teach within the New Thought faith, within the New Thought tradition. The first one I want to talk about is meditation. 
Oh, meditation. Meditation is hard, isn't it? Well, that's what I hear a lot. I hear so frequently from people that say, ah, oh, I just can't meditate. I can't get myself to there and where I'm going to clear my mind out, right? I just can't do it. Well, here's the trick. It's not even a trick. Meditation isn't about clearing your mind of anything, although that is one form of a meditative practice, that desire to let the mind be cleared. I think the best form of meditation that I have ever practiced is simply sitting and focusing solely on the breath, allowing and recognizing the easeful in and out of the breath. Already, just in that moment, I've come to a centered, more centered, relaxed space. And that's the whole point of meditation, to allow us to return to the one, return back to that place of center, to align our mind with the infinite, with the universal, and let that be the point of view from which all things that follow unfold. I've also heard people say, you know, it's, it's, it, it is, it's that whole thing about, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, because I can't clear the mind. If you're thinking about what you're going to have for dinner when you're in meditation, just allow the thought. Here's the thing. If I say, don't think that, well, what are you going to think? You're going to think that. So just allow the thought. Allow it to come, allow it to do its thing, and allow it to move on. Meditation is a lot easier than you think. That's really the truth. But committing to the practice of meditation will change. It lowers blood pressure. It, lower, it, 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 it puts us in a more parasympathetic state so that we are not always allowing those stressors of life to be at the forefront of our decision-making and our activity in the world. Meditation for me is one of the most important practices I ever took up. Another important practice that I want to talk about is affirmations. Affirmations are all about feeling, all about the emotional expression of the feeling that we have within. And we get to set the tone of that feeling through the words we use and our conviction to those words. So affirmations are positive statements in the first person. That's it. Here are some. I am happy. That's an affirmation. I am joyful. That's, that's an affirmation. I am abundant. I am wealthy beyond compare. That's an affirmation. And what happens is as we state these things out loud from a place where we are thoroughly invested in, in our conviction, then the affirmations begin to take form in our lives. Now, there are people who will state out affirmations and they hear that niggling little thought in the back of their head. They hear that voice, right? I think we've all heard that voice. You know, if I say something like, I am wealthy, there's that little thought in the back of my head that may say, no, you're not. Have you looked at your checking account lately? That voice is a core belief that we need to use the affirmations to begin to diminish. As we state the affirmation, we begin to diminish that core belief. And when we state, I am wealthy, the only thing that comes up in mind is, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Another great practice, another great spiritual practice is uh, sacred service. In Sanskrit, there's a word for this, seva, which is service from the heart, giving from, giving from and of the heart. 
without any desire for return. We just give of ourselves in service to the greatest good for all humanity. And this can be done through volunteering. This can be done in any number of ways. But it is a magnificent spiritual practice that, again, is rooted in the idea that as we give of ourselves, we are rewiring our brain to be more accepting and more giving automatically so that it is second nature to us. It is not something that we feel is a burden in any way. And when we're doing it with love from kindness, how could it ever be a burden? Another great spiritual practice, and there are various methods for this that um, people use, is gratitude. The practice of gratitude. Ernest Holmes uh, wrote in The Science of Mind, the, the book, he wrote, an attitude of gratitude is most salutary and bespeaks the realization that we are now in heaven. Heaven is not some place we're trying to get to. When we live in gratitude, we're living the experience of heaven right here and right now. So gratitude practices can be anything from keeping a gratitude journal, allowing yourself to, before you go to bed at night, have a journal right on your nightstand and write out all the things for which you are grateful. Allow yourself to do that every single day. See what happens. Another practice that I really believe in is forgiveness. Forgiveness. I like to break down that word, forgiveness, and say, that forgiveness is not about what we are getting in any way. It's about what we are giving. It is for giving. And ultimately what we are for giving is love. We are giving of ourselves love when we are in the act of forgiveness. When we feel we've been wronged, when we feel we have been wronged, forgiveness is the key to change. And it's not about the behavior of anyone else. It is all about the way we step into giving of ourselves. That's the truth. Forgiveness. Give of love from love. Speaking of giving, the active giving and receiving is also a spiritual practice. The act of giving and receiving is also a spiritual practice. When I give of my time, my talent, and my treasure, I'm keeping open the flow and circulation of life. And in return, I must be open to receiving it back. See, the thing is, all of life is a flow. When we want more of the flow, we have to be willing to give more. See how that works? Because any place where we stop the flow, it's a kink in the hose of the circulation. We stop it in both directions. If we stop giving, we stop receiving. If we stop receiving, we stop giving. Mostly those things are born out of fear. When we eliminate the fear through the activity of giving and receiving, that changes everything. Again, it all roots back to love. How am I going to be more loving and more kind as a presence in this world? And then the major, the major, spiritual practice that we teach within religious science and new thought philosophies is what we call spiritual mind treatment. And that's basically, a, it's basically a jargon uh, phrase for affirmative prayer. Now prayer, many people will think of as a beseeching to some God outside the self for something. 
And that's not what we're talking about when we talk about spiritual mind treatment. Spiritual mind treatment or affirmative prayer is this, recognizing that we get to stake our claim because we know who we are. Remember I said that earlier? Knowing who we are. We are the very presence of God in manifest form. We are that which is. We are God. We are love. We are infinite spirit living its life as our own. Spiritual mind treatment is a structured form of affirmative prayer that ensures that when we are living in the feeling of that prayer, that what must happen is the prayer, what we're praying for must come to be. Because we're not praying to God, we're praying as God. So, those are the spiritual practices. Those are the major spiritual practices we teach in religious science in this particular movement. But you may have your own. And the thing is to really look to see what is your spiritual practice. How are you spiritually nourishing yourself so that you can be the best you you can be, so that you can be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else? At the root of all of it is their love. Is there love? As I've experienced and seen what's happening in the world with respect to what's happening in this country on our southern border and the, 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 the separating of families and now the detention of families and, and, and what feels to me to be a misuse of power. That's what it feels like to me. All I know is that I can act from a place of love and heal it. I must first heal it in my own heart before I can heal it anywhere else. And when I am in spiritual practice with the full understanding that I get to create, well, what happens is this. When I am surrounded and immersed in and as love, then I get to show up as that in everything I think, say, or do. It also means that I will be led into the right action. For there can be only right action when I'm firmly rooted in love. And so if you're feeling challenged by what's happening in the world, if you're feeling challenged by anything else in your life, return to love. Return to love. Return to love. That's ultimately what this is all about. A return to love. Namaste. Thoughts Are Things is an independently produced podcast. You can check out my blog, sign up for regular updates, or leave a comment on what you've heard today by visiting jonathanzens.com. Also, check out the latest on the development of the spiritual community I am founding in Tucson, Arizona, by liking our page on Facebook. Use the search function on Facebook and look up the page by typing in Tucson New Thought. Finally, my book, Thoughts Are Things, is now available on Amazon.com. Just look up Jonathan Zenz at Amazon and order your copy today.